Welcome to the Single Cell World, the podcast for scientists in which we disentangle single cell technology. Here, frustration and failure are transformed into clarity and understanding. I am Katia Motinho, and in this podcast, I want to share with you my experience in single cell research. How? In the form of useful advices that you can use in the lab after each episode. Ready to learn? Let's start. Hi, everyone. I hope you are having a good day. Today, I will discuss the different types of samples that can be used in a single cell sequencing experiment. As you may guess, there are a huge variety of samples, from prokaryotes through eukaryotes, for which data has already been published. But simplifying, let's say that we can use all the material from which we can isolate cells or nuclei. We can classify the samples used in a single cell sequencing experiments in two main categories, liquid or solid samples. A liquid sample in single cell research, let's say, is a fluid, a liquid, from which you can isolate cells or nuclei for analysis. As examples, we have ocean water, urine, cell lines that grow in suspension, blood, bronchial velar fluid, or cerebrospinal fluid. A solid sample instead is solid, is a piece of biological tissue, and for example, it can be a piece of human skin, a plant or a part of a plant, a biopsy, or an organoid. Then, in the middle of these two types of samples, I will say, for me at least, there is a third type that I will call hybrid sample. And here are the adherent culture cell lines. The most important to highlight is that independently of the type of sample that we are using, we will need to obtain happy individual cells or nuclei in suspension. I will explain after what is happy individual cells or nuclei. And these will be the input material that we will use for our single cell sequencing experiment. In general terms, the sample preparation protocols for liquid samples are constituted by two steps. In the first, we remove the debris, and in the second one, we will wash the cells. For the hybrid samples, we will need to add an extra step that will be the first one to happen, that is an enzymatic dissociation step, where enzymes, let's say they are like scissors, will cut the connection between the cells. For the solid samples, the protocols are more complex and usually they are longer. Here, we will have to include two steps of dissociation. First, a mechanical dissociation using blades or scissors, where we will mince the tissue, and then we will do an enzymatic dissociation step, similar to the one that I mentioned for the hybrid samples, but paying attention to the enzymes that we will use that they should be specific for the type of tissue that we are working with. After using a sample preparation protocol, we should obtain ep individual cells or nuclei. And what is this? Single cell sequencing companies, they insist that ideally, and I agree, ideally, we should have a minimum of 90% of cell viability, cells that are alive, with zero debris and zero aggregates. Aggregates is when there is uh, some cells that they stick together and they do a clamp. Yes, this is true, but it's very rare in real life, especially for solid samples where we have to do two dissociation steps and these will be harsh on the cells, so the probability for us to have dead cells will be higher than when we are handling with a liquid sample. If we get a cell suspension with more than 75% of cell viability and around 5 until maximum 10% of debris or aggregates, this will be a good sample. Our cells or nuclei, they will be happy. 
Of course, these percentages of viability, debris, and aggregates will always depend on the sample type that we are using, and also it depends on the sample preparation protocol that we are using. So it is essential for us to optimize the sample preparation protocols, to use different ones, and to see for which we get better results. Higher cell viability, the lowest debris, and lowest amount of aggregates. It is true that if we have low cell viability or a lot of debris and aggregates, we can use different strategies to clean our samples. But this is not the recommendation. Why? Because when we use these strategies, these extra steps on the protocol, we are stressing the cells and potentially altering the gene expression. So again, it is essential, absolutely essential to optimize the sample preparation protocols since this will reduce the probability of our results to be an artifact. In the case we have samples for which cellar viability will be extremely low, like the case of snap frozen samples, in which cells will be all dead, we must use nuclei. We have to isolate the nuclei and use it, not total cells. This is also the case for samples in which it's very difficult to dissociate the cells, so dissociate the tissues, or the debris will be very, very high and very difficult to remove. For example, brain tissue. When working with nuclei, the recommendations are also similar to the ones that we had for the cells. We should have intact nuclei in suspension without debris or aggregates. But again, in real life, we will have nuclei clumps that should not exceed 20%, since more nuclei clumps aggregates will affect, of course, the experiment quality. Nuclei will also be required in the case we want to work with tissues that are constituted by big cells and we want to do or to use a droplet-based method or a micro-nano-pico-well-based method. Why? Because big cells, when I say big cells, bigger than 70 micrometers, for example, skeletal muscle cells or cardiomyocytes, it will be difficult for these big cells to fit in the capillary or in the small wells. However, I know that at least for the micro-well-based methods, there will be technology coming soon that will allow us to work with total cells, even when they are so big. Right now, the option that we have if we want to work with big cells is plate-based methods. In the next episodes, I will enter in more detail concerning the type of samples, type of technology, and I will start mentioning and talking about some commercial available options. Right now, this episode, again, is just to give you an introduction, an overview of the type of samples that we can use. It's everything for today. I hope you enjoy it. And if you need some help with your single cell experiments, just go to the website and book a session with me. Let's just take a coffee and talk about it. Thank you so much for listening to one more episode. Thanks for listening to the Single Cell World podcast. If you think it was useful or you learned something new, please spend some seconds rating this podcast on Spotify or leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. It will make me super, super happy. For more tips or advice, follow me in Instagram or Twitter at SingleCellWorld or simply subscribe our website or blog at www.thesinglecellworld.com. Well, I will wait for you next Monday with a new episode. <music>